0: So, I am Carrie Jacot. I am a covenant pastor, and I just feel so thankful to have um, been called to serve you in this time at New City Covenant Church. Um, if we haven't met, here I am, and I'm so thankful that I'll get to be knowing you and doing life with you all for however long we get to be together. Um, I live in Oatana with my husband, Dan, and we have four kids. Three, well, Hannah counts four, probably five kids technically, but four of them are here right now. One is at Bible Camp. Um, our son Jake is up at Covenant Point Bible Camp to work for the whole summer, and um, I said to him before he left, I'm like, I don't know if you realize the exhaustion that is ahead of you for the summer, but if you think of, of, um, of our son Jake, who is not here, you can pray for him as he serves God up at camp this summer. Um, I am a therapist. I am a marriage and family therapist at um, Fernbrook Family Center in Oatana, and before that, we lived in the Twin Cities here. And I was the associate pastor at Linwood Covenant Church, and served in a couple other Covenant churches um, as well in the last twenty some years. So that's a little bit about me. And I was thinking um, about how to start out our time together, and over the next ten weeks. I'm gonna be working through the book of Acts. And one thing that I said to Jamie and to Chris and to Claire is, as I've been planning and praying and thinking about what we are gonna be doing together and and where we're gonna be going together as a church, the word "change" has been so um, big on my heart, and, and I think just to just to take a moment to acknowledge all the change that you all have been through in the last year and a half as a church body and and it's, and for us just collectively as human beings, the change that we have gone through as a society um, in the last year and a half has really been astounding and, and i 've thought about it i don 't know that we're, i don 't know that we 're able to process it yet. I feel like we 're all kind of in recovery right now. And maybe maybe we even haven't had a chance to pause and slow down and, and acknowledge that we're in recovery from everything that's happened. Um, I, I met Jenna again today. She was on the search committee that um, interviewed me, and I didn't recognize her because she had a mask on. And I thought about like how we're we're getting to know each other again, where. We're like, is that really you? Um, I know for children, it's, it's been really difficult for children. Just think about how, how they get so much of nonverbals from us. And so, for the last, you know, so many children have been born into a masked society. Um, children have schooled from home. Parents that never wanted to be homeschoolers became homeschoolers. Um, People that never imagined they'd be working from home were working from home. People who were out working had to deal with conditions that they probably never thought they'd have to be working in and and through. And so I feel like this summer, I I hope that we can look at how, how the early church dealt with so much change, especially when Jesus came. You know, I've thought about the followers of Jesus, how... They met Jesus, and he changed everything. Everything was dumped upside down, and the fruition of everything people had hoped for in the Messiah had come. And, and just to think, we stand you know, 2,000 years past that, but Jesus is still changing us. He's still working in our lives. And so um, as we work through the book of Acts starting next week, I hope that you are going to be... Um, praying and anticipating how God is still changing us and working through us, and hopefully using this pandemic experience to just remind us how he's continually at work in our lives. And even when change is hard, how he is still in control and still, um, he's still over it all, and that gives me a lot of confidence. Um, I thought about, actually, it's really interesting, Jamie, that you um, you guys played that song this morning, Stephen, and That Waymaker song, I thought about the first time I heard about that song. I think the group is named Leland, or Leland is the band that that wrote it. I think they're from the UK, they seem like. Yes, maybe? Um, Anyway, a friend of ours from the church we had um, come from sent me that song, and he was really struggling at the beginning of the pandemic with isolation. He um, it was our friend, Mike, and, and he texted me. He goes, have you heard of this song before? And, and that song just really ministered to me because it was such a scary time. I just remember feeling more fear. Actually, when, when I think everything all kind of became apparent, what was happening to us back in March of 2020, I had this wave of cold fear sweep through me. And about that time was when our friend from Linwood, Mike, texted me and he said, this song is, this song is what God is using to get me through right now. And, and so I felt really thankful just thinking about the reminder of that song as you guys played it this morning, um, how God is the way maker and he, he is always working. He's always doing something. And so for us to be partnering with him and seeing that is, is going to be really awesome. So this morning I, I come to you talking about change. Um, a couple things. I thought it would be kind of fun to give you some fun facts. I was surfing the internet about change and looking in books about change, and here are some. Fun facts for you. So there's 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. There's about like roughly 21 of us like present around here. So that means um, one third of people in this room, so there'd be seven of us, would say we would avoid change if we could. If you feel brave, raise your hand if this would be you. Would you avoid change if you could? There we go. Okay, we're almost there to that number. One-third of people say that if they are not sure about immediate results for their efforts, they usually give up and do something else. These are people who who are very um, calculated risk-takers with change. If this is you, raise your hand. People at home, you can raise your hand too by yourselves. I would say I can usually be in that category as I'll make a calculated risk, but I have to be pretty sure that it could turn out really good before I do it. And two-thirds of people, meaning like more than half of the people in this room, would, would say uncertainty about the future worries them. And I would say, I definitely fall into that camp. And if you are, give a raise, yep. Another fun fact about change is that humans shed, this kind of grossed me out a little bit, but humans shed about 600,000 particles of skin every hour. That works out to 1.5 pounds each year, so the average person will lose around 105 pounds of skin by age 70. I don't know if I wanted to know that, but I thought I'd put that up there for you because I'm like, that's kind of a shocking fact that we haven't talked about in church probably. Um, if we want and to think about this, and this is why I'll go back and forth, is change is unavoidable. Your skin can't even stop it. Change can bring great things. Change helps us grow. Change can feel scary at times. Change prepares you for disappointment. Change expands your horizons. And change brings opportunities. Another fun fact, did you know that you get a new stomach lining every three to four days? If you didn't, the strong acids your stomach uses to digest food would also digest your stomach. Another gross but fun fact of how our bodies are constantly changing. I thought about this. Of um, I have two coworkers right now at the place where I am a counselor, and and they're both pregnant. And I've thought about how, how amazing it is, and the the astronomical change that we go through in the womb. We we go from being cells that have come from um, a woman and a man to that's like starts out less than pea size to being a fully grown baby, six, eight, nine, ten pounds. Some people. Big babies, some people, small babies, but just think about the miracle of growth and change that occurs in nine months in a woman's body with a new new living being in that body. There are positive changes that also stress people out as well. And I've thought about sometimes we often think that change is only bad, but there's good change, but it all creates stress and it all it impacts us differently. There's starting out a new fantastic job. I, I thought about when, when you start something new, like a new job, it's a new adventure, but there's a lot of unknowns to it, and it's change. It changes your rhythm. Getting married, buying a house, relocating, become a, becoming a parent, all those things are good changes, but they can also be stressful and hard. And the irony that I, I wrote down is that change isn't always bad, but we still struggle with it, I think, because we're creatures of habit. Carry um, Newhoff, I'm sorry, my, um, my slide kind of came out wonky on this one. Kerry Newhoff is a pastor in Montreal. He it really writes awesome stuff about leadership development. And, and he said two things that I thought were really um, helpful, and he was speaking on leadership but he said that people aren't opposed to change nearly as much as they are opposed to change they didn't think of. So it's oftentimes the changes that come to us that, that we're not planning on, that we're more opposed to, because we'd like to think of it first. We'd like it to be our idea, right? And that change is hard because people crave what they already like. Um, that's, and that's really true because I thought about that of, um, if, you, if you can think of your favorite food right now, just hold that fa- favorite food in your thought right now. And, and you would crave it because you like it, you know it, it's had a good taste, um, it's produced, it's produced you know, your pleasure center in your brain, I like that food. And then think of a food that you normally wouldn't try. You got that food? How likely are you to try the food that you like versus the food that you don't like or that you don't know? Those of you who would never try sushi, that might be in that category. Those of you who'd never eat liver, you might be in that category. Me, I've tried sushi, I like sushi, I will eat sushi. But I know there are people that'd be like, nope, I can't even think about eating raw fish, so I won't try it, but they could like it. The point is, change is hard for us and we become creatures of habit. And I think that's an important place for us to be in when we think about what God is doing in our lives and how we can follow the example of the early church as they embrace so much change and how Jesus changed the world, he changed their lives, he changed everything, and we bear witness to that now. In the counseling world, which is um, most of the world that I live in during the week, oftentimes I will um, present clients that I'm working with with this model. And it's the trans-theoretical model of change. And it's really important to think about when we are in change that the very first place we'll be at is pre-contemplation, which means you might not even be aware that change needs to happen, or if, if you do need to change about something, that you have no intention of changing your behavior, or there's no plan, no desire, anything. Then you go to contemplation where you're like, well, something could, something could go on. I could make a change, or I'm aware that there might be a problem, but I'm not really committed to act. And then you come to the stage of preparation. And actually, preparation is really exciting because it's when you've been like, I've been thinking about this. I want to do this, and now I'm going to be preparing to make that change and then you get into action which is a really exciting phase to be in as well because you're you're starting to make change you're, you're doing something different in your routine and then you go to maintenance and oftentimes we relapse and, and if anybody's ever been like on a new diet if anybody's ever decided I'm going to do this new exercise plan if anyone's decided I'm going to create a new habit you know I'm going to stop Doing whatever I'm doing, oftentimes we go through these cycles, and it's, it's really hard. It's really exciting, though, to think about that there's times where we might get out of the relapse and something sticks, and that becomes a new habit and a, and a new place. But this morning, I, I want to talk to you about the preparation stage and connect that to what God is doing in your own lives right now. What he's doing in this church community, as you've been um, following Jesus together, and really going through a lot of change in the past year and a half, you've I've, you've lost. I, I hate to say the word lose, but um, John and Mary March were, were beloved pastors. They um, this is the church that that God put in their in their hearts and their minds to plant and. And to grow, and so I I want to acknowledge, like the change of of pastors is really hard for people in churches. Even if it's, you know, for some some churches, it's been a positive change. Some people, it's a negative change, but it's still change. And John and Mary um, did good work here, and they honored God and used their gifts well. But it's still hard, and I'm sure you're missing them. Um, And you're also going through the preparation of growth as we come out of COVID and people are are coming back to church together. People are still online. Some people are back and some people are wondering, what do I do? I know a lot of churches right now are just in so much flux because um, there's people that they're missing that haven't come back at all and they're wondering, where did they go? Did they get time warped somewhere else? Um, Are they looking for another church? Like we was talking to someone earlier today, it was Ian, about um, people that are shopping for churches. I think right now, in the body of Christ, there is a lot of change happening collectively, and people are in places of wonder. And so I hope to to join you in that and to help help you think about what is God preparing you all to be and to do as the body of Christ in this place. I want you to think about some things in this next week, um, just in your own life, and to be attentive to this, is how do you prepare for change? And, and I think this is, I, I try to find five best fits for for all of us. Um, My sister and I like to talk about the ostrich approach, which is stick your head in the ground, pretend it's not happening. You're like, it's not happening, la, 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 go away, go away. You can take the ostrich approach, that's one. I will ask for no hands to be raised on this one either. You can raise your own hand inside if you want. Um, You can shut down and do nothing, which I think is a little bit different because at least the... The ostrich kind of knows something that's going on, but to shut down means you just block it all out. You can angry, be angry, you can get stressed, you can micromanage, you can try to like orchestrate every single part of change, or you can take it in, like I like to use as an analogy of like ocean waves, you take them in one wave at a time, and you sit in it, and you accept it, and you experience it. I think number five is the best, but it's also sometimes the hardest. And so, when you think about our, our passage today in Scripture from John chapter sixteen, and it really, if you if you want to like journey through Scripture this next week, start at John fourteen. You know, Jesus is helping his followers know that something is coming, and he's sometimes really plain about it. Like, I'm going to die, and they don't want to hear it. Someone, one of you, is going to betray me. They don't want to hear it. I'm going back to heaven. What? What are you talking about? I'm going to my Father. Who? What? It's it's hard, but really think about the preparation that Jesus did for his followers. Still speaks to us today and helps us think about how Jesus wants us to follow him, even in the changes. He wants to trust. He wants us to trust him to keep our eyes on him, and also to think about what is he doing in our lives and how can we respond to him. So, if you have your Bible up um, and you want to read along, a um, couple things that I wanted to remind you of in this preparation, um, as Jesus says at the beginning, and I'm going to start at 16, I know Ian didn't read this part, but he says in actually 15 and 16, he's talking about how um, as he is getting ready to depart, that he wants his followers to abide in him. He says, stay in me, remain in me, and keep my words in you. And then that's so confusing to them because they're like, wait, Jesus, you just said you're leaving. Where are you going? How can we remain in you and abide in you if you're going? And he says at the end of 15, verse 26, he says, When the advocate comes, which is another word for the Holy Spirit, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me. And you also must testify, for you have been with me from the beginning. He's preparing his followers to go out and testify and to spread the word and, and prepare them to be um, the ones that are going to be unleashed to change the world, set the world on fire. And we, we, are, we are part of that witness. Jesus says at the beginning of 16, he says, All this I have told you so that you will not fall away. And he tells them some of the hard change is coming. They will put you out of the synagogue. The church you belong to, they're going to kick you out. He says, in fact, the time is coming when anyone who kills you will think they are offering a service to God. He's he's warning them. He's like, following means your life is going to be forfeit. And there are people who are going to think that they're doing God's work by ending your lives. They will do such things because they have not known the Father or me. I have told you this so that when the time comes, you'll remember that I warned you about them. I did not tell you this from the beginning because I was with you, but now I'm going to him who sent me. None of you ask me, where are you going? Rather, you are filled with grief because I have said these things. Jesus knew that the changes he spoke of were hurting their hearts. He knew that this change was so hard for us. And that's what gives me so much comfort as, um, as a child of God is that Jesus knows how hard this life is. Jesus knows how change is so hard for us. He knows how we're wired. His, his humanity and his divinity is, is all in one. And that, that always fills me with so much comfort because it's not like he's out there and, and, and not able to be in our shoes. He knows us. He's been in our shoes. He says in verse six or 7, he says, But very truly I tell you, it is for your good that I'm going away. Jesus says, even though this change is so hard, this change is so good. He says, unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. When he comes, he will prove the world to be in the wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment, about sin because people do not believe in me, about righteousness because I'm going to the Father where you can see me no longer, and about judgment because the prince of this world now stands condemned. And he acknowledges to him. He says, there's more for you to know, but I know you can't take it right now. It's too much. And that gives me also so much comfort that Jesus also knows is the changes that we are going through, and he also knows, I'm gonna give you a little bit at a time and I'll help you with it. So I thought about this, the top questions that Jesus' followers had for him were number one, where you're going, and he says to the Father. And I'm sure that had them thinking, okay, you know you're going to the Father. And they didn't ask, like, it's really interesting, they don't ask a timeline, and I think there's times where we just can't ask, but he just says to the Father, and that's the simple answer. And why did this have to happen? And he says, the prince of the world will be judged. Sin, death, and the devil will be dealt with. And that change is so encouraging. I think that Jesus came to to end sin, death, and the devil. That change is so big for us. And they're like, Jesus, what's going to happen to us? And he says, God the Father will be glorified. And he says, and you will be persecuted. It's going to be hard. You will be scattered. And then the next question, are we going to be okay? And he says, yes, absolutely, you will be okay. I've thought about this year, and year and a half, I've I felt that we have been scattered. I think we've been scattered in so many ways. You think about how we had to be away from our, our loved ones and our family members. Um, I thought about like my husband's parents who were really close to, it was, it was so painful to not see them or hug them or touch them for months. And I know like as soon as my husband's um, mom and dad got their COVID vaccines, I think we hugged for like five minutes. It was like the longest hug I've ever had with anybody. Maybe more than my husband. I think I hugged his mom longer than my brother. <laughs> I don't know. But I just thought about how we've been scattered. We've experienced persecution in, in a really different way this year. The church has been apart, and we've been together. And it's been hard. And so we think about all these changes, but we still have Jesus' reassurance in John chapter 14, verse 27. Jesus says in 27 before this, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give it as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not be afraid. Jesus says that over and over and over. And I think about the positive things that came because of what Jesus did and the change he brought because he is the Messiah, because he is the Son of God. Think about this. Without the changes Jesus spoke of, first of all, we would not be forgiven. So even though we've been scattered, even though this has been a hard year, if you know Christ and he's your Lord and Savior, think about this. Because of Jesus, we have forgiveness. Because of him coming, him giving his life for ours, and yes, that change was really painful for his followers, and yes, it had to have been so hard for Jesus in his humanity to know he was also giving up his life. He also knew that, that we had to, he had to do this to help us be forgiven. We would not have hope beyond the grave, we would not have the constant presence of the Holy Spirit, which he said. He said, if I, don't, if I don't go, if this change doesn't happen, you don't have the Holy Spirit. And as we can gather around and look around us now, we would not have the love and fellowship of the body of Christ. And so I'm so thankful to be with you today as we navigate the changes coming up in your church body, as we think about what's coming in this next year and, and how you are growing. Um, I'm really thankful that Chris talked to you about identity. He talked to you and, and led you through a, a time of, of reflecting of who you are as a church, who you are as followers of Christ, and what do we do with the changes that we have with that identity as Christ followers. And I want to encourage you with a few things this morning as we um, as we leave and to think about what do we do with these changes when maybe it feels too much. And maybe right now you've, you've had, in this past year, the thought of, God, this is too much. I know I've had those thoughts a few times this past year of, God, I don't think I can take much more. Too much change. And I think that in this passage of Scripture, Jesus and his followers could understand that. Because the changes coming were too much and too fast. And yes, we have, we have experienced that this year, definitely. A, a scripture that's often quoted when people are trying to comfort each other is to say, remember, God doesn't. He won't give you more than you can handle. And I know there are some people where they really don't appreciate that in the moment because it might feel more than they can handle. And the actual scripture comes from um, 1 Corinthians 10:13. It's, no temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. And so I think that translates well for us in light of this passage and in what we're talking about is that the changes that are coming your way with Christ, you can handle it. He will give you strength. He will help you endure. But we have to look to him and be rooted in him. And this is where we go back to Jesus saying, remain in me. Stay with me. Accept the Holy Spirit. So this morning... How Jesus helps us with the unknown, with the changes. I hope you can keep these close to you in the weeks to come. Jesus promises, he said, You will leave me alone, but I am not alone, for my Father is with me. I have told you these things so that in me you will have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. And then again the reminder, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not be afraid. So this morning, the takeaways for change, and I, I, I was going to ask you also this week if, um, I would love if any of you would, like, shoot me an email. You can text me if you want. But thinking about this, like, what has been the hardest for you in change? What are the things you hope most for change as, as you know, life is changing, church is changing? Um, what do you hope for? And maybe where has God met you in this passage of scripture this week? Because of Jesus and the gift of the Holy Spirit, we can be certain of that we will have joy that will never change and not be taken. We have hope in the reality of the resurrection. The reality of heaven is coming and is so real. And so if we can keep that in our mind too, Jesus helps us with the changes that are coming every day. And his peace which calms us when change is tough. And lastly, I just want to encourage you that Jesus never changes; He remains the constant. Um, this morning, in in my U version um, verse of the day, I, I I don't know if any of you do this, but there's like the, you open up the story, and there's somebody who who talks, and then there's a scripture passage, and then a de- devotional. And this was the word that I had for you today, and this was the one that came up in my devotional. But it was this good reminder that in the face of change, in the face of Uncertainty, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I hope that no matter how long you've been a follower of Christ, that this will remind you that God never changes. And so we can have a lot of confidence in Him. We can bank on Him that He is steadfast, that when this world is going, you know, crazy like it has felt, that He's there and He's never changing. And we can look to him and we can have a lot of confidence in, in that truth and who he is. Um, I hope as I, as I am with you all for however long to come that I will help you navigate this change. I hope that I will listen well and, and be a, a presence to reassure you right now that your church is an awesome place. Um, you are wonderful, loving people. And God is doing something really amazing in this community. And I get excited to think about the people that are going to come to this church and come to know Christ because of New City here. And to think about what God is doing in the midst of us um, that we don't know and can be uncertain, but he does know. And so um, I'm excited for that, and I I have expectancy for that this morning. Pray with me, please. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for your comfort. Thank you, God, that we have your written word that reminds us that you know how we feel, you know how life is for us. We can also look to your early followers who didn't have the words that we have in front of us, and yet they trusted you, they they followed you. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for coming into our lives when we say yes to you and we submit to you so lord i pray for my friends here i pray that they will submit to you they will surrender worry to you they will surrender uncertainty to you they will be reminded that their joy will never be taken that the reality of heaven is so real and the resurrection is so real and they will have renewed hope today god give us confidence when when it seems too much or we can't bear much more i pray that you will meet us each day um, with with your strength and with your help. And we thank you, God, for your peace. And I I pray this for my friends here today, that you will fill them with your peace and that you will remind them, Lord, that you will never leave them or forsake them, even in the troubles of this world and the changes in this world. Thank you for this day and thank you for a week. And we pray all these things in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, amen.